Hello everyone and welcome to the Life Wealth Podcast. My name is Jason Harwood and our CEO of Life Wealth and joining me today is James Vandaloo, Head of Life Wealth's Investment Committee. Hello James. Hi Jason, how are we? Very well, very exciting today. We've uh, made it back into the office for the first time together to do a podcast, which is uh, very exciting. Absolutely, great to be back. Don't have dogs running around the background, children running around the background. We can uh, really focus in on what we're gonna talk about today. All right, so um, we obviously wanted to uh, talk about, I guess, everything that's uh, happening just in this last little while. And we realized as we were putting this together, there's a lot to talk about that's had some pretty significant uh, impact on the world and Australia over the last little while. Um, The three things that we want to specifically hone in on today is, I guess, um, uh, you know, the state of play around US elections, coronavirus, and a couple of announcements today, um, interest rates in Australia, uh, and you know, as we get through and talk about those, we're going to start to focus on the immediate short-term impact on um, portfolios and what we're thinking there and, and things like that. So um, uh, that, that's what we're thinking about covering off today. I don't know if there's anything you want to sort of hit from the start on those before we jump in. No, I think that those are the three big issues that really hit the nail on the head. And you know, 2020 has been a pretty rotten, rotten year, but looks like there's some positive outcomes to make us feel uh, a little bit more optimistic about 2021. Yeah, agree. Now, we're going to start on the US election. Now, I don't want to play into a Trumpian conspiracy theory uh, because we know coronavirus has been the topic of 2020, quite rightly. Uh, But I don't want to play into a Trumpian conspiracy theory that we're going to take that out of the news for the next little bit and talk about the US election because that's what he's been talking about. All of a sudden, there's no COVID. uh, No one's talking about it because we're talking about the election and it's not on the news. But Geez, 120,000 cases a day plus at the moment in the US is pretty scary. It is, and um, they don't seem to care, do they? It's it's actually hard to believe. Anyway, we'll, we will get to that. Um, so, so US election. Um, look, I don't know if everyone's been glued to their TV over the last week, but uh, I think a lot of people have. It's been hard to, to look away. Um, you know, there's there's... Uh, a new normality, I think, that's that's returning to the US or a sense of there's some normal to come. Um, despite, you and I were talking about this before we came into the podcast, um, you know, there's still some uncertainty about, you know, legal, legal action and court cases and things like that. Um, my, my personal view on that is there'll be a lot of noise. There'll be a lot of noise out of uh, the Trump campaign and Trump himself and, um, you know, court cases. But I actually think it's just going to be noise for three or four weeks, six weeks, I don't think anything will come of it. I'm, a, I'm of the same view. At the end of the day, Mr. Trump is a serial sewer and he has been his whole career. So uh, you'd expect no less when, um, when, when things don't go his way to have a crack. How effective that will be, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I, I think Mr. Biden will be the new president of the United States come January. And, and I think the really important point about Biden, he, he is... I make no comment about whether he's going to be a great president or a good president or a, or a bad president, um, but I've said this to you a little bit over the last little while. There's a couple of things about him. One, he is a fundamentally decent man. He, he is. Uh, and that's been proven over you know the best part of 50 years. He's a fundamentally decent man. I think that's what America needs, needs. right now, in my opinion. Um, the second part is uh, after a long and storied career in the Senate and, and as vice president, He's a pretty patient man, mm. yeah, and um, doesn't doesn't tend to react off the cuff, which is obviously what Trump's done for a long period of time. 
with all the litigation and you know the, the, the fact that Trump is so litigious, I think he's the right president-elect to not react to that noise and, and solely focus on what really matters in the you know, medium and long term. And, and push through. Yeah. As always, I mean, my job is to look at things through a lens of financial markets and what it means for people's money and, and you know, what we should do with it. And so far, the market's really comfortable with, with what's happened. Yeah. I think the fact that it looks like the Republicans will hold the Senate is good from an economic policy perspective. The Conservatives won't allow anything too radical to go on. So um, proposed tax hikes and things like that, it's, it's going to be hard yards to get those things through. Sure, yeah. But as you say, we probably get a, a, a more calming, uh, nicer person running the free world. Mm. And I think that's going to have good consequences, particularly for a place like Australia, because uh, you know the Trump administration, their rhetoric with China, we unfortunately are stuck between those two big giants. And uh, you know we've, we've copped a few, and I just think that's going to relax a little, and it's probably gonna be a better environment for uh, the next few years to get on and do some business. Yeah, I'd say so as well. I mean, if you think about, for, for everyone who's listening in Victoria, if you think about you know what's been like over the last week. We've been we've been let out of lockdown. Mm. Um, that was a great feeling. You know, getting up every day and at zero cases. That's a great feeling um, for those who were very much looking forward to Trump not being the president anymore. And I'll happily put my hand up and say that I was very much in that camp. There's a positivity about that. If, if you think about vaccines and COVID, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment, and that better news out of the states and the way the world's reacted to it. It's pretty easy to look to 2021 with a real air globally, notwithstanding second waves and third waves in Europe. It's pretty easy to look to 21 with a, an air of positivity and optimism. Absolutely. And um, I'm of a view um, Western world consumers are itching to get out and spend some money on travel and lifestyle and some of the things they might have taken a little bit for granted. Mm. Um, so I think there's going to be plenty of consumer spending next year. Consumer confidence is going to rise mm. into a backdrop of very, very, very cheap money and low interest rates. And so I think the economic conditions in the short to medium term are looking the best we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that as well. So it's, it's really great to hear that. Um, look, we know that markets uh, don't run on fundamentals. They're supposed to, but they don't. They run on emotion. Uh, and they like certainty. And you know we've seen that over the last couple of days in reaction to the relative certainty of um, Biden being elected um, president-elect. Uh, so there is, there is some stability there now. There is something still up in the air, and you talked about it before. It is likely that um, the Republicans hold the Senate, but that's not locked in yet. Um, and, and the part that's of um, still up in the air is the, the runoff for the two Georgia Senate seats. Um, if the Republicans win those, you would think they would be favourites. Um, they'll, they'll hold the Senate. If they lose both, they won't. Yeah, and that's because Kamala Harris, as the vice president, uh, the, the, the head of the Senate, has the casting, the deciding vote. Mm. Um, so if they lost both, um, they lose control of the Senate. It will be interesting to see how markets reacted if that happens. 
But the one thing we're going to know um, and we're going to see for Australians who really haven't paid much attention to Georgia, USA for their entire lifetimes, we've paid a bit of attention over the last seven days. We're about to pay a lot of attention over the next three weeks. A whole lot more. And uh, if that came to pass and, and the Democrats did win the Senate, I think short term the market actually wouldn't like it. Yeah, I agree. Um, over 12 or 24 months, I, I actually don't think it's going to going to mean a whole a whole lot yeah um markets do like status quo so um tax cuts even for a very um beg your pardon not tax cuts tax increases even for a noble noble reason Mm. um the reality is an asset whether it be a, a company or a property produces so much revenue or cash flow and a percentage of it goes in tax so if more of it goes to tax the owner gets to keep Less, the valuation of it falls. It's just math. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit to play out there. And uh, there is going to be a serious amount of money poured into Georgia uh, before that runoff on January the 5th. So it'll be January the 6th, our time. There's going to be a crazy amount of money going to Georgia. <sighs> yeah, interesting, interesting times. And how, how amazing has it been to see all the Australian-based experts on the US political system in the last week and on the Electoral College and, and, and how it all works. I didn't realise people knew so much about it. Yeah, it's quite here, amazing. Here in Australia, <laughs> they know all the uh, intricacies of it yeah, and yeah. what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, fascinating, all the experts. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I tell you what has been, let's call it humorous, uh, the, the very quick takes of commentators in the media in the 24 hours after the election, mm. election day and the very uh, quick backpedalling as each day has gone by afterwards. Yeah. No, I had uh, a, a very passionate person talk to me uh, over the weekend mm. about how it was rigged because, you know, there's so many more um, ballots for uh, the Democratic Party rather than the Republicans. Mm. And um, basically my uh, retort for his claim was I pulled up a map and just showed him all the blue bits which were on the outside of the country where the big cities are and the rich people live. I thought maybe they don't want to stand in a line and catch COVID. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually probably not that, um, not that remarkable, especially given Mr. Trump um, asked his people not to vote by mail and, yeah. and get down to the booth. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, I'm sure you and I could sit here for another three or four hours and talk about this because uh, we, we do love to talk about it. Um, I'll, I'll happily... Uh, talk about the fact that that's, that, that four-year period's over. I'm, I'm very excited about that. But uh, let's move on to something else. Um, coronavirus, COVID, um, pretty big news overnight. And, and certainly the US market reacted pretty strongly big to time. this. Um, to the announcement from Pfizer and a German uh, manufacturer that uh, they believe they're at 90% success rate for um, two, two vaccines. Great one, because we're talking about a really strong chance of having a vaccine soon. Um, two, the fact that there's um, two, two providers of that talking about the same sort of outcomes. Um, mm. Obviously, the markets reacted really well to that. A- absolutely. And this was the big question mark on when things can normalise in the economy. Do we get a vaccine and how soon? Um, we had a webinar only a few weeks ago and um, the message was they were very confident it was going to happen. But they weren't sure, you know, would it be late this year? Would it be the middle of next year? Does it get pushed down? Um, this news and the fact 
two for Australia that um, that we've actually secured 10 million doses is, mm. is really, really good. So there's a possibility the most vulnerable people um, will get it this year or early next year, and then general population probably by the middle of next year, at least in, in, the, in the wealthy countries. Mm. So suddenly it was always theory, you know, this there'd be a bridge and how long did the bridge last for and it kept pushing out. But suddenly it's looking like, yes, it is going to materialise and we can put a date to it. And um, and that just brings confidence. And, and those cyclical businesses that have really struggled, they're the ones that have gotten the biggest bid um, overnight and this morning. And probably the higher quality stuff is actually being rotated out mm. of to, to fund those losers on a cyclical rally. Yeah. And, and I suppose, you know, that goes to the point you made before in our third point talking about interest rates in Australia. We'll, we'll wrap this up as well. Um, that, that's going to have a positive impact on portfolios um, as, as we look into the sort of midterm. Yeah, well, it, it probably depends on, on who you are and where you stand. Um, the news for savers, so retirees that are very conservative, that like to hold cash and fixed income, the news is heartbreaking because yeah, sure. we've had a, another rate cut. And basically, Mr Lois said, unless something really happens with inflation, over the next three years, it, it's they're not they're not going to move. So we're going to have ultra low rates for at least three years, and then if you look and see, well, how long would it take to normalise them off effectively zero? It, it, we're looking at five years plus of ultra low rates, unless inflation can miraculously appear. And um, so horrible for savers who earn safe, boring fixed income returns, but. If you own quality property assets, growth businesses, um, the multiplier's gone up, mm. right? Valuations are going up. Yeah. And historically, they are high, but they deserve to be mm. given where rates are. And, you know, there was a whole heap of people saying coronavirus was going to be a, a disaster for residential property in Australia. Um, apart from a few apartment blocks that are oversupplied in, in inner city places, um, that's not what we're seeing. Even in Melbourne, who's had the worst of it, yes. auction results rock solid yeah. in, in my inner, inner, inner suburban Low area. Low stocks, but the stock will come back. Stock will come back, but um, things... I was at two auctions on the weekend, just as an observer, and probably 15% higher than they would have gone um, mid-2019. Yeah, and right. plenty of hands and demand. Mm. And with money this cheap... I think quality assets are going to get a bid, which is has big consequences how we build portfolios. Yeah. But two, it should be positive if we're in the right things. Um, they're going to be bid. They're going to be bid for if you hold quality assets. Um, I, I, I made a note, and I, I didn't check it before we came on, but I think I'm right in saying we haven't had a rate rise in a decade. It's been a while, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long period. If it's not yeah. a decade, yeah. you can see it from where it's standing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, reckon it would, I reckon it would be. It was um, probably... You know, mining boom pre mm. pre GFC, um, but remember though, the ASX still hasn't reached its its pre GFC yeah true highs yeah. Um, um, I know we we sort of segued into interest rates, but I was just thinking as we were talking about the vaccines being announced this morning. Um, I didn't see it, but everything I saw on Twitter last night about the Four Corners report, I reckon the Prime Minister would be pretty happy today he gets to talk about vaccines. Uh, I think he was pretty happy they got announced this morning. Yeah, well, interesting uh, interesting, interesting times in, in politics. I don't think anyone really had any doubt, did they? 
Probably not, but geez, you'd, you'd be pretty happy to have something very important. A to be positive, to, to positive message to, for so. the press conferences. Without a doubt. Okay. Um, so, so as you said, I mean, as is always the case, um, potentially winners and losers in that, and, and it is it is definitely challenging for retirees, no doubt, uh, and the more conservative investor as well. Um, well. Well, that's right. Unfortunately, like it or lump it, those clients are being forced up the risk curve, mm. um, and. That's, that's difficult for us because what we need to do is try and provide options that actually are safe, that have rock solid infrastructure like cash flows um, that actually can generate a, a decent return mm. um, for clients. Because unfortunately, er- earning, um, whether it's cash or investment grade, credit or government bonds, you, you're not even gonna keep up with inflation. You're not gonna earn a real return. Yeah and it's gonna be years before you do. Um, So your risk isn't losing money, your risk is running out of it. And, and I know that's that's been a big topic, quite rightly, for the investment committee over the last period of time. Just and when I say over the last period of time, a significant period of time, trying to find these opportunities that give a level of yield, give a level of return, whilst as always trying to minimise the risk element of that for those clients who who historically have not exposed themselves in that way. Yeah, and it's not what our industry likes to do. They like to put everybody in boxes and say, well you need to have 40% of your money in fixed income, um, which is safe historically. Yes. But I'd argue it's not safe because rates can't go much lower from here. Uh, In fact, eventually when they turn up, those bonds that you're buying today with coupons that are worth nothing, they'll, mm. they'll lose money. And, and that's actually the hard, the hard thing because um, you know, all of our training, you know, from the, the days you start as a financial advisor and, and, and what all of our clients know is, you know, that's how you minimize your risk. You know, you're going to fix interest and things like that. But as you said, it's, it's almost guaranteed. Well, it's guaranteed to be a bad outcome because you're not gonna get any uh, return over inflation. Um, but you're actually, potentially locking in some real downside. Absolutely, and that's a challenge for our industry. Mm. And it's more about education because we know what to do, we know what's gonna work, we can see it. People are making outrageous money doing um, smart deals, understanding the environment we're in, but trying to um, get that in in a package that can be understand by clients and they can relate to and get their head around it, that's, and I won't say it's just life wealth challenge, it's a challenge for our industry to deliver in what is a very, very different world than what it was when when you and I started in, uh, in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I know that's been a real focus of the investment committee over a long period of time. I know it's been a real focus of the management team and the advice team over the last little while about you know what are the conversations we're having at review time with all our clients, particularly our retirees. Um, and you know, as as our retirees are having those conversations with our advisors, that education process and and you know taking that further will continue over the next period of time. Yeah. On the other foot, for um, clients that have got a more growth profile, there are some wonderful opportunities and uh, we think they'll continue to do really well. Hmm. So um, I think 2021 is going to be a good year. There's always going to be something that comes up and some setbacks. Of course. And, and volatility and, you know, markets jumped a lot. So would I be jumping in this morning and, and you know, buying after the back of a big jump? Probably not, you know, hmm. because there'll be something that comes out again of course. in the next few weeks that calms things down again 
So timing, are we ever going to get that right? Absolutely not. Otherwise, um, as we've already said, we'd, we'd be in Monaco already and not still working. But uh, I think over the next 12, 18 months, generally the trend will be a positive one. Yeah. Um, where you, if you take a little bit of risk, sensibly, you should be able to get rewarded for it. Yeah, fair call. Um, okay, look, I think they're the main things we wanted to talk through today and, and touch on and give a sense of how that impacts on portfolios and what we're thinking. Um, any final thoughts you want to have before we uh, we finish up? Um, not really. Obviously, there's a little bit to play out, as you said, between uh, now and inauguration day. So uh, we'd want to make sure that's just going to plan and there's not another spanner in the works. Yep. But by and large, if you're comfortable with your asset allocation, we're going to be talking to you, doing your reviews, just tweaking things given this background and the fact that the cyclicals might start to outperform a little bit if we've got a vaccine and a timeline locked in. So it should be a little bit of rebalancing. But what I would say to those clients that have been really conservative and wanting to hold cash, um, I'd be chatting with your advisor and saying maybe it's time to get back your allocation in line with your risk profile, mm. there's a real risk you're gonna be left behind mm. and you're never gonna make it back in cash because you're not gonna earn any interest. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's probably a really good place to, to, to finish it as a, as a final thought. I, I'll actually add one final thought. I was just saying to you before we, we, we jumped on, you know, talking about global markets and how they've reacted. Um, Japan hit a 29-year high on its uh, market yesterday, which is which is crazy to think of, isn't it? Just crazy to think of. Yeah, and and it's happening in lots of asset classes. You know, I, I mentioned before, but I get the resi property people that you know are telling me this country is a disgrace and it's a bubble and it's all going to collapse. Um, yes, it's expensive. It's not a bad country though, and um, I can tell you it's expensive everywhere. The mm. Cheap this cheap money and quality assets getting a bid, it's not a Melbourne or Sydney phenomena. It's global and is what it is. And um, cheap money, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about MMT uh, in the upcoming months, mm. but um, it's not gonna change, guys. And, and it, it goes to another point, and again, we, we could go down multiple rabbit holes in this conversation yeah. um, in inequality. Global inequality. It's going uh, to get worse. Of course, it's going to get worse. Um, and that'll mm. have to end, you would assume, at some point. Don't mm. know when, but that that will be that could well be historic somewhere in the future. But inequality continues to grow. That, that's exactly right. A safe, conservative, hardworking saver is going to get killed. Not in mm. the short term, because they don't lose capital. Just their wealth is not going to grow. Mm. Um, you're going to have to own growth assets, yep. high-quality property, and businesses that grow to make any money. And those um, those that are owning them um, are doing really well, and I think that's gonna to continue to be the case. Yeah, fair call. Okay, we might leave it there. Um, really good to see you face to face, been a while. Yes, absolutely, nice to be back in the office. We'll have to dust the cobwebs. We will, we will indeed. Very good, all right, thank you for that, James. Um, uh, and thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we look forward to catching up between uh, you know normal phone calls and reviews and all those things over the next little while. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. The information in this podcast is intended to be general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. Therefore, it does not constitute and is not intended to be financial services advice. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional personal advice from your financial advisor.